0: Well, good morning once again. If you, uh, if you look at our side stages this morning, it is a reflection uh, of the VBS that we had over this last week. Uh, and it was an awesome time. Hopefully, if you brought your students, uh, they came home a little bit tired, uh, a little bit excited, and hopefully uh, learning something a little bit new about Jesus. But uh, we had our four mascots for our different groups this last week. We had our uh, parrots, our flamingos, our bananas, and our dolphins. Uh, so if you hear any of our little kids going around chanting, something to that effect. Just know that that's what's happening there. Uh, They haven't lost their minds. Uh, But we had a great time, and I just want to say thank you to all of the adult volunteers who made this week possible. Uh, It would be... uh thousand times harder, almost impossible, if we didn't have uh, adults who are willing to make that sacrifice and be here for that time. Uh, And I just want to say I have a newfound respect for the people who volunteer here at the church with those young kids. Uh, I told Kylie uh, yesterday that I felt about as tired as I would normally feel after one of our winter camps with our students. Uh, And trust me, Kylie did a whole lot more work than I did over this last week, and I was still really just exhausted and tired. Uh, Any of our adult volunteers want to be like, yeah, I was really tired? too. All right, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Awesome. Now, I just want to say thank you. It was a great week, and I appreciate all of the effort and the hours that were spent put in there. Uh, also, thank you to all of our students who participated. Uh, our student leaders were just uh, just as good and just as helpful there as well. Uh, Well, if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Ben, and uh, I just wanted to take a second to show you my family once again, because I am, like I said last week, a proud father. Uh, If you weren't here with us last week, uh, my name is Pastor Ben. I'm the youth pastor here at Oakwood Community Church, uh, and I get the awesome privilege of speaking with you today, which means I get to put my family on screen, uh, because I have the little clicker, and you don't. Uh, So this is my son, Noah. Uh, He is three months, about to be four months old. Uh, He is just I don't even know what to say about him. I get teary-eyed when I think about him. Uh, I love him when we leave him with people who we don't normally leave him with. I'm just kind of like constantly keeping an eye on them. Like, are they doing what they're supposed to do? Are we sure that they're wearing like sticky gloves so they're not going to drop? Like, I just I go through all of the, the new dad things where I don't like leaving him with other people yet. Uh, and that's my sweet wife there on the right. Uh, if you get a chance to just thank her today for her work on the VBS, I would certainly appreciate that because she was really the foundation There, yeah, yeah, let's give her a round of applause. That being said, if you hear a baby crying today, that is probably Noah, Uh, and again, if you have a little one and they make noise during a church service, uh, it's one of the best noises you can hear as a pastor, is young kids in a church service, so please don't feel bad about that, Uh, and I'm not saying that just because my kid might make noise today, I'm saying that because I truly believe it, Uh, and then this is our dog Moses, who we absolutely love, Yeah. Moses got more Oz than Noah did. I don't, know, I don't know what that means. I guess we're dog people, but yeah, this is Moses. So that, that's our family. Uh, we, uh, we absolutely love the opportunity that you guys give us to be here and serve our middle school, high school, and college-age students. Uh, we couldn't do that without you as a church, so we just want to say thank you uh, for allowing us to do that. Uh, I want to just share with you one thing that's a little bit weird about me, maybe it's not so weird, hopefully uh, you guys resonate with it as well this morning, but as we jump into our message, I want to just share my hatred for unfinished stories. And I don't know if you're like me, but when I was growing up, I was just old enough to go see the Lord of the Rings movies uh, in the theaters as they were coming out, and for some of you, you're like, wow, that makes you super old, and for some of you, you're like, wow, that makes you super young. Uh, But those were some of my favorite movies to go and see with my dad in the theaters. And I can remember going and seeing the second film, and I remember sitting there just so excited. I was enthralled with the story. I loved the characters. I I was excited to see what was going to happen next, and then... The movie ended, and the next movie wasn't going to come out for a whole year. And for a little brain, a year is a lifetime. It's an eternity. It's, a, it's an uncomprehendable amount of time. So I was just so upset that I was going to have to wait a year to figure out what happened with Frodo and all of these characters that I absolutely love. Now, the older, wiser crowd in the building are saying, Ben, you know, you could have just read the books. But uh, again, I was not very smart at the time probably i am not now still, uh, but I absolutely hate an unfinished story. I, I hate waiting for that next movie to come out. I hate waiting for that next book to come out. Uh, in fact, Netflix and the streaming services have been terrible for me uh, because I can just sit down on a Saturday and watch through an entire show and not blink an eye because once I get started, I just have to keep going. I hate an unfinished story. Story. I don't know if you guys resonate with that this morning, uh, but last week I purposefully left you with an unfinished story. And I can imagine the conversations that happened at lunch, they probably went something like this, uh, well, you know, Pastor Ben made us sad at church today. Maybe something like, uh, Pastor Ben wouldn't keep saying the words pain and suffering and it made me uh, sad and uh, I don't know if I want to go next week. I can imagine the conversations that might have happened at lunch, and you might have said, well, Pastor Ben, he doesn't know anything about pain and suffering. What is he talking about anyway? And I can assure you, I've been a Michigan fan my whole life. <laughs> I know a thing or two about pain and suffering, and thank goodness we don't have, we don't have Ohio State fans in here, do we? Thank goodness last year we finally uh, beat Ohio State. I can count on my hand the amount of times uh, that that's happened in my lifetime. But we hate an unfinished story. Last week, I left you in an unfinished story on purpose. And I still stand by the truths that we talked about last week. I fully believe that God expects our obedience even in the midst of pain and suffering. And our understanding of God is not a prerequisite to submission to Him. If we take a faithful look at the book of Job, I think it's pretty hard to come away without understanding and realizing those two truths. And yes, it might make you sad, but I stand by those truths this morning. And I think if we're being honest, we all hate an unfinished story. There's something inside us that just uh, starts to kind of complain. It starts to feel uneasy. It feels like uh, listening to half a song and not finishing it. And I hope for those of us who consider ourselves Christians, who were here last week, when we were talking about pain and suffering, when we were talking about the story of Job, when we were talking about the realities of pain and suffering in our life, there was a little voice inside of you that said, but but Pastor Ben, tell tell them about the hope. I hope there was a little thing inside of you that was just uneasy that said, but Pastor Ben, don't you know what the rest of the story is? I hope there was an unsettledness in your spirit that said, Pastor Ben, pain and suffering is true. I realize that. But, but, tell them about Jesus. I hope that was a reality for all of us who call ourselves Christians because as we meditate on this idea of pain and suffering, it can be really easy for us to jump to, but Ben, don't forget about Jesus. Because ultimately, if we start this story about pain and suffering and the reality is that we face those as humans who live here on earth, if we only tell that half of the story, we leave people with an unfinished story. We leave people on a cliffhanger. We leave them without the ability to just sit there and, and binge the rest of the story on Netflix. We leave them with an unfinished story. So today I want us to start to build up that story a little bit uh, more fully. I hope at the end of the day today you might go and you might have conversations at lunch and you're like, wow, Pastor Ben uh, talked about Jesus a lot. And can I say that's one of my favorite things to talk about. So we're, we're in for it this morning. But I hope at the end of today today we realize that not only are pain and suffering a part of our story, but Jesus can be a part of our story too. So as we jump into the Bible together, uh, we're going to be jumping from Genesis into the New Testament to John, a little bit into Revelation. Uh, So we're going to be bouncing all over. But I would just invite you guys, if you have your Bible, uh, feel free to open up to the book of Genesis. Genesis uh, starting around chapter 3 this morning. Uh, But as we get there together, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for our worship team this morning. Uh, We thank you for those who are willing to come and lead us in worship and just bring us to a place uh, where we can sing songs to you. Father, we thank you for the kids that were in the building this last week who uh, would dance and sing their little hearts out to you. Father, help us to have that same attitude. And Father, as we reflect on pain and suffering this morning, we also just ask that you would help us to remember that that is only half of the story. We ask that you would help us to open our heart to the reality of you and your son and what that means for each and every one of us. So, Father, as we approach your word this morning, we just ask that you would be present with us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. The story of Jesus is a story of hope. If last week our two words were pain and suffering, the word I want you guys to walk away with this morning is just... Hope. And when we go to the book of Genesis, it really gives us a clearer understanding of where pain and suffering came from. Uh, we look at the book of Genesis, and God is this creator God who created everything that we see around us. He created the universe. Uh, has anyone been keeping up with the pictures that have been coming from the new telescope? Absolutely amazing. And in the book of Genesis, we're told that God created it all. All of these little specks of light that we see out in the universe, God created that. Uh, All of the amazing sea creatures we see around us uh, in the waters, God created them. From the biggest things in the universe to the smallest things in the universe, we're told in the book of Genesis that God created them. And one of the most beautiful parts for us is that God also created me and you. God also created humanity with a purpose, and part of that purpose was to follow him. Part of that purpose uh, was to be in a right relationship with God. But in Genesis 3, we're told the story about how humanity, instead of living in perfect harmony with God, instead of living in this perfect garden that God had set up for us, instead of following God's purpose for our own life, we decided that we as humanity were going to turn our backs on God. We were going to decide for ourselves what was best for us and not rely on God's instructions, what was best for us. Genesis 3 tells us that we were tricked by the serpent and ultimately we fell from grace. Sin entered the world and with sin, sin, suffering, pain, and death. So Genesis 3.19 says this, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. You're like, oh no, Pastor Ben's getting sad again. We're going to get there, I promise. But if we're going to tell this whole story, we have to understand where pain and suffering originated from. It's really easy in the midst of our pain and our suffering to point at God and say, you caused this. It's really tempting for us as humanity to look at God and say, if I only knew where he lived, remember last week with Job? If I only knew where he lived, I'd give him a peace of my mind. Where in reality, we have to understand that pain and suffering were never a part of God's good plan. Death was never a reality that we as humanity were meant to face. It was never something uh, that was God's original good plan for us in the garden. But because we as humanity turned our back on God's plan, death and sin entered the world. And that's a punishment that each of us have to look in the face. Each of us have to experience when we're here on this world as an earthly death. Each of us have to experience this pain and suffering that come along with sin in this world. And ultimately... We have to come to grips with the fact that pain and suffering exist. The book of Job makes that pretty darn clear that even those who are considered righteous are going to experience it because sin entered the world in the book of Genesis uh, through our own mistakes, through our own sin. But the story isn't over. If we're on Netflix, we're, we're clicking to that next episode. Sin has entered the world. We have to deal with pain and suffering. The book of Job tells us that even those who are righteous must do so. But as we enter the book of John, we have to realize that the story is not over. And I think John 3 really summarizes that well. I think Kevin deserves a medal for beating me to it this morning. John 3, starting in verse 16, it says this, For God so loved Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because of their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear of their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that when they have done what they have done has been done in the sight of God. The book of John makes it really clear, plain, obvious for us to understand the point that God loved the world. Despite our pain, despite our suffering, despite the sin and evil that entered the world when we messed up as humanity, God still loved us. And for me, this has become really, really an interesting thing to look at these pictures of outer space that are blown up and you can see you know, just millions and millions of stars, billions of galaxies, just this creation that is so vast it's hard to comprehend. And then we read that the God who created it all loved us so much that he chose to not let our story end with pain and suffering. He chose to not let our story end in the Garden of Eden It would have been really easy for God to snap his fingers and say, okay, I'm just going to start over on the other side of the universe. Like, all right, we're done. You guys just enjoy life over here. It would have been really easy for God to just walk away and just say, you know what, this is your mess. I tried to give you a perfect reality. I tried to give you the ability to live in a garden that is perfect in a relationship with me, but this is your mess. You handle it. You deal with the punishment for sin. But the beauty in the book of John is that God doesn't walk away. God does not snap his fingers and say, all right, I'm going to leave you guys to your mess. He says, I am going to fix your problem. I'm going to give you the ability to come back into a right relationship with me. I'm going to send my son to die on the cross and pay for the sin that you have to pay for if you don't accept who he is. And this is the hope that we get as Christians. That in the midst of pain and suffering, in the midst of all of the truths that we talked about last week, we have a hope to hold on to. We have a Savior that loves us so much that even despite our evil, despite our bad deeds, despite our sin, he's still willing to suffer and die for us. And that is the God that we serve. Suffering and sin are not the end of the story. Church, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. In fact, I think God understands that we hate unfinished stories so much now that He goes one step further. He says, you know what, I'm going to pay for your sin. I'm going to pay uh, the price for uh, the mess-ups that you as humanity have made. He says, but I'm actually going to give you a glimpse into a time where pain and suffering will no longer exist. And if we turn to the book of Revelation, and uh, starting Revelation 3, starting in verse 11, it says this, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. I truly believe this is what we as Christians should never stop talking about. I truly believe that in this world where we can't turn on our TV and find peace, this is the thing that Christians should talk about when we go to the gas station. This is the thing that Christians should talk about when we see friends and family going through pain and suffering. This is the thing that we should scream from the top of buildings if people let us get to a top of building somewhere. Uh, I've been on top of buildings and I don't think anyone would hear you, but I like the expression. So if you get to a top of a building, this is what I want you to scream. It's just that God is not finished with the story and ultimately one day he's going to create a new creation, a new garden for us to live in. And if we accept his son Jesus, pain and suffering are only temporary. Because one day me and you will get to live with Jesus again in his new creation, in his new Jerusalem, in his new garden where there will be no pain, no suffering, no things that we have to deal with here on this earth that will be a pain and an issue in the future. And I believe that the answer to the world's pain and suffering lies right here in the New Testament. And last week I shared with you that I struggle with anger with God sometimes. I I look at the suffering that happens in the world around us and I ask the same questions. God, why? God, why does this exist? Why does this happen? Why does seemingly good people have bad things happen to them? And ultimately, my friends, that's still something I struggle with. That's still something I wrestle with. But we as Christians have a hope that is not in things of this world. We have hope that is not based on the pain and the suffering that happens in the world around us. And ultimately, God does not leave us with an unfinished story. but I want to pause just for a minute. We're going to turn back to the book of John, starting uh, in chapter 15. It says this. Chapter chapter 15, 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember when I told you a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will also obey yours. They will treat you the way this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin." But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me, my father, hates my father as well. In the end, Jesus is going to end all pain and suffering. We're going to live in a new Jerusalem with him, a new garden, a a new place where we get to live an eternity of peace with him. But ultimately, while we're here on this earth, especially if we follow Jesus, we're promised that life is not necessarily going to be easy. We're promised that if we follow Jesus the way that the Bible commands us to, that the world is actually going to hate us. If we follow Jesus, it does not preclude us from pain and suffering. And I'm afraid that too often that is the message that Christianity is told, especially in the United States. If you follow Jesus, all your problems are going to go away. If you follow Jesus, you're going to get rich, right? still waiting on that one, but if anybody wants to make that happen, let me know. If you follow Jesus, you don't have to be sad anymore. But the reality is that Jesus teaches, and ultimately we see his followers in the New Testament and in the time that takes place after the New Testament, experience pain. They experience suffering. They experience the harsh realities of what this world has for them. But but it's important to remember that Jesus told us that was going to be the case. If we follow Jesus, pain, suffering, the realities of this world, hatred are going to be a reality for us as Christians. So I want to talk a little bit about how we should live differently in light of this story that we're living in. God told us the beginning, he's told us the middle, and he's told us the end, but the truth is we are not to the end of the story yet. Unless you are currently sitting in heaven with Jesus, unless Jesus has come back right now, we are not there yet. We are in the middle of this story. We are in season two out of season three, and ultimately, we still have to live here on earth until God decides that our time is done here. So in the light of that, how should we live? First, we need to follow Jesus. It seems simple, but this is one of the most difficult. Where is our foundation based? We look at the world around us and we see all kinds of people who just look lost. And we as Christians do a really good job at looking at these people who are lost and say, what on earth, what are they thinking? Those people are crazy, right? We call them Michigan State fans. Like We look at these lost people and we say, what, what on earth, what are they thinking? Why would they make those choices? And the truth is, they have no foundation to base their life on. They're trying to find a foundation in their identity. They're trying to find a foundation in, in their wealth, in their health and the things that Satan can so easily take away from them. and we see them running around like chickens, and we're like, "Oh my goodness, look how messed up they are." But ultimately, friends, if we are going to follow Jesus, we need to actually follow Him. So that's point number one: Where is your foundation? Is it in Jesus? Is it in your wealth? Is it in your health? Is it uh, in your family? Where where is your foundation? And there's a pretty simple test for this. Uh, if you're concerned that your foundation might be in your wealth, try giving to the point where it's a little bit uncomfortable for you. Yeah, if you think that your foundation is in your family's health, just Spend a little time with those whose family aren't so lucky. If you think that your foundation might be in something that's not Jesus, start to test that foundation. If it's in your position at work, maybe spend a little bit less time at work. Spend that time volunteering. Spend that time uh, with a widow who needs their yard mode. Spend that time uh, in places that aren't being productive. All the bosses in the world said, shut up then, right? It's pretty easy to test where our foundation is because when pain and suffering come around, those are the first things that we try to cling on to. So we need to follow Jesus and we need to figure out where our foundation is. Secondly, we need to just remember suffering. And Pastor Ben is not encouraging tattoos, but if we could, uh, as a group, get a tattoo, this would be the one that I would suggest. Remember suffering, because ultimately in this world, if we follow Jesus, we are not told that your life is going to get easier. We are not told that uh, your life is never going to have problems. We are not told that uh, pain and suffering are just going to magically go away from you. Ultimately, Jesus promises that this world is still going to be harsh. If we look at the, the uh, Apostle Paul, if we look at the followers of Jesus at that time, ultimately they were faithful to the end, but they went through shipwrecks. They went through uh, abandonment. They went through jail sentences. They went through uh, even into death because they were following Jesus. So suffering is not something that we as Christians get to just uh, turn a blind eye to and avoid in our life, but it's something that we're promised. So if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to remember that suffering is a reality, and in the midst of that suffering, we're still expected to follow Jesus. It's one of the things that we talked about with Job last week, is that even in the midst of Job's suffering, God still expected him to remember who God was. The third thing that I want you to do, and maybe it's as simple as finding the nearest rooftop, but just share Jesus with others. We have whole generations of people in our country, in our state, in our towns, who need to hear this hope of Jesus. It's really clear to them that pain and suffering exists. They experience it every day. They have Fox News. They have CNN. They can see it whenever they want to. And ultimately, if they don't have Jesus, their foundation, their answer to all this pain and suffering doesn't actually add up. It doesn't make sense. And we can see the results of that in the world around us. So when we see pain and suffering, when we see those around us who absolutely just are looking lost, are looking like they have no clue where their foundation is, we need to give them the answer. We need to share Jesus with them. And like Job's friends in the midst of suffering, this could be as easy as just sitting with them in grief for seven days. Not saying a single word. And at the end of it, if they say, hey, why did you sit with me for seven days? You can tell them because I have hope in something that is not of this world. I have hope in Jesus. Lastly, if we're going to live in this new reality, this new uh, unfinished story that we're currently living in, we need to fix our perspective. Because many of us, we put on blinders in this life and we just kind of look forward. Or we're just looking backwards. And ultimately, our perspective is so focused, so laser-focused on the things that are happening in our day-to-day life. They're so laser-focused on what's the reality that we're living in, in pain and suffering, that that's the only thing we can think about. And I have found that in my own anger, in my own uh, disappointments with God, this is oftentimes where I make my mistake. If I only focus on the here and now, if I only focus on this temporary pain and suffering, if my perspective is only laser-focused on the things that are happening in this world, I'm going to be disappointed constantly. The Bible has given us the end of the story. It says that the world's going to look a whole lot worse before it gets better. But if our perspective is not on temporary things, it's not on earthly things, but instead our perspective is on heavenly things, on our Lord Jesus, on the future that He has promised to us, then this pain and suffering becomes temporary it becomes a reality that we live in currently, but not something that we're going to live in forever. And ultimately, if we fix our perspective away from this earth and towards heaven, then our pain and suffering doesn't go away, but our perspective will be in the right place. I'm going to invite the band back up this morning. Uh, They're going to close us in song. But church, I know we hate unfinished stories. I know that it can be difficult to sit in a world, sit in a place where pain and suffering still exist. I know it can be difficult to see people around us get sick. I know it can be difficult to see people around us pass away. I know that it can be difficult for us to see just pain and violence in what seems like every part of the world around us. And if we don't have our foundation in Jesus, that is just the end of the story. If we don't have faith in who Jesus Christ is and what he did, then that is the end of our story. But the hope that we as Christians have, that we as followers of God and followers of Jesus have, is that that is not the end of our story. It doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it uh, something that's light or trivial, but it makes it something that we have hope for in the future. We'll pray together as we finish up, but I would just invite you guys, just if you're not following Jesus, find Him, seek Him, run after Him. Because ultimately, if you're not following Jesus, the story ends here on this earth. The story uh, is just pain and suffering on into eternity. And that is not the story that God wants for you to have. That's the unfinished story. That's the story uh, that we as humans chose for ourselves. But there is a much richer, a much greater, a much uh, more full story that we have the opportunity to buy into. And that's simply following Jesus. Following Jesus. We have great elders here at the church. We have great deacons here at the church who would love to walk you through what it means to follow Jesus, what it actually looks like to have hope in something that isn't our wealth, our health, our ability to live here happily on the world, but actually something that goes beyond that. So I would encourage you guys, reach out to the church. We would love to walk you through what it looks like to follow Jesus. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for your Son. We thank you for the reality that pain and suffering are not the end of the story. Father, we thank you. Father, once again, we thank you for the kids that were here this last week, and hopefully, Father, they they got a little piece of that story. Father, help us to, to follow you well. Help us to share you with others well. Help us to help our world understand that the pain and suffering they see around them is not the end of their story. And Father, as we reflect as a church, help us just to be more faithful. Help us to follow you well. And Father, we love you, we thank you. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.